Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing? All right, good, good. We're going we're gonna to do something a little different this morning. I'm teaching. I'm not preaching. So they're going to put a uh, uh, QR code up on the screen. Grab your phone, pop it out. You'll get the notes. You'll be able to keep the notes. If you have trouble getting it, zoom in on it. Uh, get your QR code. If you're a person like you, you say, I have no idea what you're talking about and how to do this. I believe our ushers have some copies of uh, paper-wise. You guys got it? Just grab, lift your hand. And if you're you know, you're like me, a little 20th century. Here you go. There's somebody over here to grab some of those and get them around. All right, awesome. All right. Um, just so you know, I will get to these notes. I will tell you when I'm getting to these notes, but we've got some ground to cover before we get there. The first ground we have to cover is I found a recipe from Morocco, from Morocco for homemade dental, dinner rolls. Homemade dinner rolls from Morocco. One of the ingredients it called for was fresh thyme. Now, I know it's spelled like thyme, but it's pronounced thyme, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, T-H-Y-M-E? So it called for fresh thyme. But my thyme was outdated. So it was an outdated, it, it, was old, it was past expiration date. And I used it anyway. And you know, now that I reminisce, I really like that old time Moroccan roll. It took me a minute to get there, but come on, that's good, that's good. All right, I take most of you, have got it downloaded now. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to spend some time laying a foundation. Today we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you about spiritual gifts in the Bible. I'm going to teach you some things probably you've never heard before, uh, but it's there, and I, it, I don't have time to delve into all the background and details. But let's do this. Let's start with uh, one of the background passages regarding spiritual gifts, and that is 1 Peter chapter 4. Would you stand to your feet in honor of God's Word today? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 says, the end of all things is near. Come on, if 2,000 years ago the end of all things was near, it's getting a little closer now, isn't it? Come on, the end of all things is near. Near, it may not seem near to you because you live like 80 years and 2,000 years isn't very long, but if you're God and you've been here since before time began and after time, near is, 2,000 years is nothing, right? All right, so the end of all things is near. Therefore, we should be alert, and I love this, of sober mind. God called you to think. I want you to be a thinker. I'm asking you. God gave you a brain. Use it. I beg you to use your brain, especially in this culture. You're going to be one of the weird ones because common sense isn't common, and most people don't have sense. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may do what? Pray. Pray. Now, I know you watch Fox, you watch CNN, you read your feed on Twitter or TikTok or whatever it is, and you get all your information and you're like, oh, the world's blah, 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 and these people, that people, and blah, 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 and everybody gets all uptight about everything. Listen, can I, I have basically been off of news and social media now for about two months Man, I am so much more relaxed. I'm not kidding, guys. Listen to me. Listen to me. It wouldn't hurt you to fast news and social media for a couple months. You don't need to know what everybody's wearing because you can't afford it anyway. <laughs> you don't need to know where they went on vacation. Enjoy yours. You don't, guys, I, I'm all for, I'm not saying don't be social media people. I'm not saying that. But I've been off of, I've backed off this summer. I deleted my, or I took Twitter and I took uh, Instagram off my phone and I only do Facebook to say happy birthday to people. And, and you know, since I've done that and I've stopped watching the news, I just want you to know, 
my stress levels come down. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be aware, but I'm saying it's good to do this for a time occasionally so that you can be of sober mind. Why? So you can pray. And I found that most of us don't ever talk to God about the problems because we're so caught up in the problems, watching and listening to it in our echo chamber 24-7. This is worth your time right here. This was the price you paid for admission right here. Price you paid for admission? How much you paid? Uh, anyway, uh, y'all ready? Above all, once you pray, above all, love each other. How? Yeah, come on. Love each other. Wouldn't the gospel be a whole lot better received if Christians actually loved one another? If we quit being jerks to one another and actually loved each other and treated each other good, wouldn't that be great? Love each other deeply because love, notice what love does covers a multitude of sins. Now, I have kids, and I will tell you, tell you that when my kids disobey me, I just kick them out of the house and they're done. Right? No? No? My kids have disobeyed me thousands of times, but yet I still love them, right? Because what does love do? Covers a multitude of sins. If you want to know how to get along with people, love them. Covers a multitude of sins. And then it says this, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> wow. Like one another. Hang out with one another. Spend time with one another. Like one another. Would you look at the person next to you and say, it's all right for you to like me because I'm awesome. Go ahead, tell them. It's all right for you to like me because I'm awesome. Hey, if you're online, it's all right for you to like me because I'm awesome. All right, you ready? Now notice what we do then after all these foundations are laid. What does it say? Each of you should use whatever. What do we think we're going to talk about today? Gifts. Gifts. Each one of you should use whatever. Come on, say the word with me. Gift. Everyone should use whatever gift you have received to make yourself more awesome. Right? So I can be more important. That's not what it says? I don't get gifts from God to make me feel important, me feel good. Doggone, I can't live in the 21st century then. Because we all think it's all about me all the time. What station am I tuned to? I turn on my radio, it's always W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? You really want to serve God, you can't be in it for you. You got to care about others. Use whatever gift you have received. God blessed you and gifted you so you can bless others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So you actually become a conduit of God's grace to other people when you use your giftedness. Now he gives a couple. He says, if anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Lord, let us use our gifts to serve one another so you will get the glory and the power and the honor forever. Amen and amen. Amen. Turn somebody, give them a big smile before you're seated today. Let them see that smile like you mean it. Come on, you're online, here's your smile. All right. Now, I'm going to talk to you about spiritual gifts today, and Peter's admonition relating to spiritual gifts is a foundation that's a proper foundation to understanding the use and the, uh, the power of the gifts. He starts by saying five important statements. Number one, the end is near. We already talked about that. It's time to begin praying seriously. Listen, I want to encourage you to become a prayer warrior. We do have a prayer time here every Saturday at 8.30 in the morning on Saturday mornings. You want to join us for prayer? I believe there are a group of people also meeting on Wednesday nights to pray. Uh, I, I don't know. We got prayer going on. There's prayer before service. There's times that you can pray with people. We have a prayer chain. We have a pastor's prayer partners. If you're interested in stepping your prayer game up, uh, just call the church office, shoot me an email or something. We'll figure out a way to get you connected. All right. But prayer is not something you do once in a while. It's something that becomes who you are. You talk to God and, and that's how you interact, change with the world. You don't change. Listen to me real quick. You do not change the world 
by how you post on social media. You do not change the world by calling your senator because your senator's going to do whatever the biggest people with money do give to him. You don't change the world that way. Do you know how you change the world? You talk to the one that holds all the world and all the kingdoms of this world and the powers of the world in his hand. And if he doesn't like one, he can just go took care of that one. Pray. And then we love one another fervently because love covers a multitude of sins. Stop being a jerk and bickering all the time. Get along with people. Offer hospitality without grumbling. At Harvest Ridge, if you're new here, let me just tell you, there's two words that we say, and when I say them, your hand should go up like this because it's, I, I want you to think about everything I say. I want you to think about everything that we do. I want you to question it all. I have no problem with you asking questions except for one thing. Get in a life group. Be a zombie. Get in a life group. Only one thing. I'm not even telling you what to think there. I'm just telling you, you must get together with other believers in faith. Get in a life group. Join today. We've got uh, life groups going to be happening again, coming back together in the fall. All right. And there are some of you that you need to offer hospitality without grumbling. You need to be one of those persons who host a life group without grumbling. All right. And then each person should use their gifts. If we're going to accomplish God's will, each person should use their gifts. Your gifts are to serve others and distribute God's grace to people in need. So, that being said, that's what Peter says about the gifts and the usage of the gifts. Then we go to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote three chapters in the New Testament specifically dealing with the gifts of the Spirit because the church at Corinth wasn't using their spirituality in an appropriate way. They were using their spirituality for their own personal ego and aggrandizement. And in doing so, Paul was not happy and he wrote three chapters condemning those behaviors and teaching the right way to use spiritual gifts or spiritual things. And the middle chapter is the love chapter. So he agrees with Peter. Let's see what Paul, uh, Peter has, uh, Paul has to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1. When he starts going at the Roman or at the Corinthian church, he says, now about gifts of the Spirit. By the way, that word gifts of the Spirit there is, is horrible mistranslation. It's pneumatikos in the Greek. And pneumatikos, there are gifts that are charismata, gifts of the Spirit. But that word translated gifts of the Spirit comes from a Baptist or a non-Pentecostal overlay. All right, y'all listen to what I'm saying? A non-Pentecostal reading, and what it does is it takes all the gifts of the Spirit and it shoves them into one jar. And what I want to show you from your notes today is that there are three different diversities of what are labeled the gifts of the Spirit. And in the Greek, that word pneumatikos means, I, want to, I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers and sisters, about the things of the Spirit, the, the spirituals, things that come from the Spirit of God. I don't want you to be ignorant. And then what I'm going to do in your notes today is you're going to see uh, diversity one, diversity two, and diversity three, which are actually included in this text just coming right up. So that's unfortunate. It should say, now about spiritual things. Now about spiritual things, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed, which is why I'm preaching this message, okay? I'm teaching this message because I, I really can't preach this to you because there's really not much to preach, all right? It's just, I'm going to pass information along, and how you choose to deal with it is going to choose your level of, of uh, abundance in the spiritual realm. Now about spirituals, I don't want you to be uninformed. Then he says, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. So there are lots of people that are spiritual in the world that aren't doing it the right way. My, I, I was, man, I was listening to something the other, somebody that was somewhat affiliated to this church put up a post and said something like, I pray to God in the universe. Like, You're praying to the universe? That... That's like my kids asking my wallet to buy them ice cream. <laughs> Why not go to dad? Why go to the wallet? Because the, you ain't touching my wallet without my permission. Right? You don't believe me? You do not get in my wallet. There's some things you just don't do in my life. You don't take money out of my wallet without telling me. Because if I'm going somewhere and I need money and I don't have it, I'm going to be seriously ticked off. And we're going to fight if you took money out of my wallet. Now, if you need something, you ask me, I will give it to you. 
So what I'm saying is, have you heard anybody recently say, we asked the universe? Anybody heard that other than me? Come on, raise your hand if you heard that stuff. All right, so we, can, can we acknowledge that we do live in a spiritual world? Because everybody's trying to find some spiritual answer. And I figure rather than going to something that doesn't make sense, why not go to the maker that makes sense? All right? I know that when you were pagans, you, you did all this stuff. You were somehow influenced and led astray to mute idols. But therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, Jesus is Lord means this. Jesus, you're the boss of me. Now, you really want to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You want to develop into the person God called you to be and really develop into somebody awesome. The way to do that is to start with Jesus be the boss of me. Because um, <clears throat> I've watched when you're the boss and you suck at it. Right? You're pretty lousy. I can show you a self-made man. He's a self-made mess. So we start these spiritual gifts by acknowledging, y'all ready for this? Jesus is the boss of me, the Lord. Now, I want you to notice what Paul is doing here next. You'll see it on the screen. He says, there are different kinds of what? Yes. Come on, y'all got y'all to go with me here. There are different kinds of what? Yes. Gifts. All right, so gifts is the word charismata. And then he says, but the same spirit distributes them. We'll come back to that. There are different kinds of what? Service. service. So service is laturno. It's, it's the things that you do, the service that you give, but the same Lord. And then the next one says, there are different kinds of? Worry. All right, do y'all see three different divisions here? Do you think Paul used these words without any thought? No, he used them with thought. He's dividing spirituals into three different diversities of gifts. The first one was what? The first one was gifts. The second one is service. And the third is workings, our manifestations, our power workings of God. All right, let's back up to the verse before because it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same what? Spirit works in them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And then there are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same what? God. So we see a Trinitarian formula here, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One of the reasons we're Trinitary is because the Scripture teaches that God is three yet one. I don't understand it. You think you got it figured out. You're deceived. You don't understand it, all right? I don't understand it. Just some things you accept by faith, because if you can figure out God, then God's just as big as your brain. But the God I serve is bigger than yes. he fills the universe. There's no way I can figure him out. But there are different kinds of gifts, different kinds of service, and different kinds of working. So there are three different diversities. Are y'all following me here? Yes. All right, so we're going to call this gifts, and we're going to call this the pulpit, service. And we're going to call this workings. Yes, you should see me juggle. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Are y'all ready? Yes. Before I jump in, let me say a couple of things about this. The Trinitarian formula is there. These three gr groupings are intentional by Paul to divide the gifts of the Spirit up in the things of the Spirit up into three categories. And then the final thing is Spiritual gifts are normal for Christians. They're normal. So if you're not being used in the gifts of the Spirit, in the manifestations of the Spirit, there's something abnormal about your Christian faith. You need to take another step in. Are y'all listening? Okay. All right, so let's talk first of all about the gifts. Okay? Gifts. This is a hammer. Back when I was a kid, I worked with a guy who had us build a garage. And we nailed every single two-by-four together with one of these. And I'm going to tell you, we were a bunch of teenagers in a shop class. And uh, there were a lot of bent nails. <laughs> a lot of bent nails. You hit, it's a lot of work. I mean, you've finished an hour or two hours worth of work. Man, your forearms are falling off. You swing enough 
right? There was a guy that I went to church with, his name was J.L. Mays. And J.L. Mays had swung one of these entire life. He was a carpenter back before power tools. And uh, you know when you used a saw like this, and when you swung a hammer like this. And I'm going to tell you something, J.R. Mays was about 70 years old. I was about 16, and you know, I was pretty athletic, and I thought I was all that. I walked up to give him a handshake, and he must have wanted to humble me, because he started squeezing on my hand, and I'm like, oh, sir, sir, please. <laughs> because he'd been holding one of these his entire life and he was tough as a box of rocks and he could probably broken a full tin can of, of I mean taking a can of peas and because Popeye All right, anyway sorry that's old all right this is now what this is is this is a natural gift that you use everybody understand this is a natural gift that you empower now this gift this this hammer is not you it is something that you get and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are something that God gives to you, a special ability given by God to supernaturally edify the body of Christ. And these are closely related to your personality. So you have a tendency to be used in these. These are motivational gifts. They come from who you are and your personality. Um, so for example, a hostess will be a hostess before she gets saved, but after she gets saved, she'll host a? Uh, y'all are catching on. She'll be a hostess. Come on, come on. Y'all know what a hostess is, right? Or a host? A host is somebody like you go to their house, and after you've been to their house three or four times, they don't expect you to knock on the door or ring the doorbell. They just open the door and say, hey, come on in, right? All right, so let's look at the two predominant lists of scriptures that talk about these kind of motivational gifts. They're apostles. That's one sent forth as a representative, according to Vines. Uh, now, what we're going to find is, y'all ready for this? There are apostles in this group. There are apostles in this group. And there are apostles in this group. We're going to find out there are prophets in this group, there are prophets in this group, and there are prophets in this group. This is their motivational gifting. What an apostle is, the person that's sent forth as a representative. I think we just heard from one earlier in our service, didn't we? Didn't we? Caleb was sent, or I'm sorry, Alex was sent out by us as a church and as the church, the Assemblies of God, he was sent to Cambodia to be a representative of Jesus to share in another culture that he was sent. Apostolos means sent one. He's an apostle. I have no problem with the term apostle. What I have problems with is people who claim they're an apostle. Because in our culture, somebody that claims they're an apostle is really just another word that begins with A. Because what they're doing is they're using it as a power trip on people. Anybody that writes apostle such and such on their letterhead, be very wary of them. Because apostles are sent, they don't have to tell you they were sent. You know it when you meet them. <laughs> All right. That other word that begins with A is arrogant. Where did your minds go, huh? Oh, my, 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 my. You people need to get saved. <laughs> All right. Oh, man, I got to hurry. All right. Apostles, prophets. Uh, prophets. What are prophets? Prophecy is people who receive and communicate a message from God. Now, what's funny to me is I know a lot of Baptist dudes. I was having to talk with a Baptist dude one day who says the gifts of the Spirit have all ceased, and therefore God doesn't communicate through the Spirit anymore, and therefore all the gifts have ceased. So I asked him a question. I said, were you called into ministry? And he said, yes. I said, so you were called to preach the gospel of Jesus? He said, yes. I said, so you were called. Well, if the Spirit didn't call you, who did? He tells me the gifts have stopped, but yet he's telling me that he changed his entire life to fulfill a call from somebody he says doesn't talk. By the way, that guy, when he preached, when he spoke the words of God, conviction would fall on your heart, and you wanted to listen to him because he had a gift. He had a gift. 
service. What service? It's meet unmet needs, uh, seeing needs and meeting them. Thank God for people who have service in their heart. Uh, they clean toilets. Uh, teaching, oh, they mow grass. They mow the grass. Praise God for people with service. Teaching, people who communicate God's Word in a relevant, applicable, inspiring way. Encouraging, we need some more encouragers in the body of Christ. And people, come on, if you got the gift of encouragement, would you let it grow in you? And would you become the person God called you to be here? Would you let that gift grow? And would you communicate encouragement? We need some Barnabases. Barnabas is my hero in the Scriptures, by the way. Giving. Giving is contributing to the financial resources. And, and I know some of you say, oh, I'm not rich enough. But those, those of you that have a giving heart, uh, it doesn't matter whether you have money or not, you're a giver. <laughs> you know how I know? The, per the only person Jesus pointed out in the Bible as an exemplary giver gave two pennies. It's not how much you give, it's the heart with which you give it. And if you're a giving person, thank you. Thank you for using that giftedness. Leadership. Now, we were at the beach recently, and um, I, I hate that stinking clock. I hate it. Uh, we were at the beach recently, and uh, my wife pointed out there was a boy down in the waves, and he had three other boys with him. And uh, this one boy was saying to the other boys when the waves would come in, he would tell them whether to jump over the wave or to dive under the wave. And he would say, jump, and all of them would jump. And he'd say, dive, and all of them would dive. And I watched this little boy lead these three other boys in how to jump and to dive under the waves. And I said to my wife, I want to get him saved. Do you, know, do you know how you know if you have leadership gift? Somebody's following you. Because he who thinks they lead and no one follows simply takes a, lo a walk. If you're a leader, use those gifts. Use that motivation. Mercy. Mercy means you have empathy and compassion on others. And there are some of you, you're so merciful. Some kid falls down. You're like, oh, let me help you. And you're all merciful. Me, I'm like, get up, shake it off. Let's go. I don't know. Maybe in today's culture, that might be mercy because we need to toughen up. Singleness. Do you know there's a gift of singleness? Did y'all know that? Jesus, the Apostle Paul, a bunch of people in church history have been single, called by God to be single. Uh, God, you think God's concerned about your sexuality. I think God's concerned about your holiness. I think God wants you to be whole. And some of you, if you get married, you aren't going to be whole anymore. You're going to be bifurcated and taken everywhere whole. By the way, marriage is not designed to make you holy. Or not, not designed to make you happy. It's made to make you holy. And God wants you to be the best you, you can be. Submit your sexuality to his holiness, and there you will find the best you you can be. Man, that's good preaching right there. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. There you go. I got a prompt. I got to put a sign up here. Say amen now. All right. <laughs> Uh, let me see. Uh, hospitality. We've talked about that. Miracles. You know, there are people that have faith for miracles. Healing helps. Administration. Uh, you know, I pray for this gift, the gift of administration. It's not a gift that comes naturally to me. It's one that I beg God to give me. Because people that have administration, it's a special ability to organize and to delegate tasks. Let me tell you how you know you might have the gift of administration. Y'all ready? If you can always find your car keys. Tongues. Um, th there is a gift of tongues. There are people whose tendency is to be used in spiritual, supernatural gift of tongues. That's their, their diversity. Now, here's what I want you to know. Scriptures make it clear that no person can have every one of these gifts. And that some of these gifts are better than the others. Some are better than the other. I pray for leadership and I pray for administration. That's what I pray for. That's what I want. Um, those are my gifts that I need. I need a little mercy too. <laughs> and look at what 1 Corinthians 12, 9. Now some have taken this passage right here and they have applied this passage that we're about to read to these gifts. But this passage is not talking about these gifts. It's talking about these Look at what it says. It says, are all apostles? The answer is, 
are all prophets. But you're going to find out later over here, everybody can be a prophet. Hmm. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. But over here, we're going to find out that everybody can have miracles working through them. All right, keep going. It's the next slide, please. Do all have gifts of healing? No, but we're going to find out over here that everybody can do works of healing. Do all speak in tongues? No, but we're going to find out over here everybody can speak in tongues. Do all interpret? No, but over here we're going to find out that everybody can through the power of the Spirit. It says this, though, eagerly desire the what? The greater gifts. The gifts, what are the greater gifts? The gifts that God gives you to build the kingdom of God and to make your life and everybody's around you better. And by the way, one more thing, not having a gift does not exempt you from working and serving. <laughs> Just because you don't have the gift of hospitality, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't lead a life group in your home. Maybe you need to grow in that area of giftedness. You need to develop some muscles in the area of hospitality. And just because your gift isn't giving, you still need to give. You need to develop the giving muscles. Are you all following me on this, all right? All right, my time's almost up and I'm just starting. Um, second, administrations are service. That's what we're going to call the pulpit here. What administrations or service are, are they're literally offices in the church given by God to accomplish uh, tasks for the building of his kingdom. They're offices. We find this list in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. They are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, you'll notice some of these overlap these other lists, but there are those that have the, uh, the gift of prophecy and the supernatural manifestation of prophecy, and they also have an office of prophet, which means they speak prophetically as an office. There are those that are pastors and teachers, which let me just say this. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 4 says this list, this part of the gift, nobody gets on their own. These are gifts from God. They're divine callings by God that either you got the calling or you don't. And if you got the calling, you got to walk in it because your life will be miserable if you don't. And if you don't have the calling, please, whatever you do, don't try to do the job. I am not called to be an apostle. I'm not. I thought I was. I wanted to go. I volunteered to be an apostle, to be a missionary. And you know what God said? I called you here. So my job is pastor. By the way, that's, since God calls, there's a reason because of this supernatural calling and because we live in a world that lacks respect. Hold on, y'all didn't hear me real quick. We live in a world that lacks what? Respect. Just look at the way we talk about our leadership and our culture. That's because in this house, we're going to do something. We're going to honor and respect those God have called and respect positions of leadership. That is why we call Pastor Garrett, Pastor Garrett. We don't call him, hey, Garrett. It's the reason we call Pastor Jesse or Pastor Robin or Pastor Matt, Pastor Matt, rather than, yo, Matt. Because we want to honor God's offices, it's not necessarily about the person. It's about honoring God through our respect. By the way, if you get pulled over, say, I'm sorry, officer, what do you need? I don't care if you're white, black, yellow, green, or purple. Put your hands on the wheel and say, sorry, officer, what, what do you want me to do? I didn't have to teach my kids. I taught all my kids that. Because it's what? What is it? Respect. Respect. What do we lack in this culture and need a little bit more of? Okay. All right. Now I've got the third one to go, and I've got a minute and five seconds. Y'all ready? Workings manifestations. These are the manifestations of the Spirit. Definition is it's a work or tack or ministry accomplished by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've ever nailed nails with this, and then somebody puts one of these in your hands, you're like, oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Anybody ever saw with one of these, and then you get one of those skill saws, you're like, oh, he's singing God's praise right now. Do you know what? Th this right here can nail more nails in a minute than I can do in that in all day. Right? 
and straight that don't bend, right? <laughs> All right. Because this is not natural power or natural tools. It is beyond natural. It has a, well, it has a supernatural dimension to it. Super means simply beyond natural, beyond my natural limitations. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, these, these gifts we're about to mention, are the work of one and same spirit, and he gives them to each one as he determines. Now, these are yours from birth. This is a calling that you have you can't get away from. But these nine gifts we're going to talk about here, these gifts are God saying, in this moment, this gift needs to be in practice. I will give it to this person who is open so that this work can be done. Are y'all following me here? All right, what are they? Message of wisdom. This is divine insight and direction to be spoken as a divine message. Years ago, uh, we, were, we were at a board meeting. Um, the church was the church of where it's at next. If you could find us, you deserve to worship with us. I think we met in 12 different locations in 16 weeks. And somehow we had to navigate those waters. And we were in a board meeting. And in the board meeting, we weren't sure what in the world to do. And we were all stressed out and we were flipping out. And I finally said to the deacons, hey, let's just pray. We knelt down on our knees and started praying. And it wasn't 30 seconds till one of our deacons turned around, sat in his chair, and spoke up a word of wisdom that held this church together through that craziness. Are y'all following me here? He didn't have it the entire day, but when we started to pray, we got something supernatural to guide us through it. Message of knowledge. What is that? That's revelation of facts you don't know. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Remember the lady that was like, yelling at her husband about him cheating on her and being a pervert and all this kind of stuff. And I go to the bathroom and I'm like, oh God, I don't know what to do. And he speaks to me, she had an affair. <laughs> so I go back. Do y'all remember that story? All right, that is a word of knowledge. That's not from my brain. That's from his brain given to me to help solve a problem. I don't know how to solve on my own. Faith. Can I, can I stop here real quick? A lot of you think these gifts of the Spirit that we're mentioning here are only useful in this church. No, these gifts are meant for your family and your marketplace and to make an impact on your world everywhere you go. You really need the gifts of the Holy Spirit at your address, especially if you've got kids. Come on, somebody say amen right now. It's flashing. Faith. What is faith? It's a surge of assurance to trust in God, thus believing for seemingly impossible situations to be set in order. Now, me and my wife, we were going to buy a house, and we didn't have enough money to buy a house, so we needed some money made from the sale of our condo. We used to live next to Ken and Helen Lindgren. We lived on their street. We had bought the house, uh, the condo, relatively cheap. We needed to make some money if we were going to invest it in a house that we were going to build. And we had the builder signed up. We needed the money, blah, blah, blah. You know, come on. You guys know what I'm talking about? So we're trying to sell our house. People keep going through and nobody's buying it. And finally, my wife, she, one day we were praying because we grab hands and pray every night before we go to bed. And she said, God, I am tired of cleaning this house. I clean this house. People go through it. Nobody puts an offer. I am tired of cleaning this house. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that nobody goes through this house until it's the buyer. The next person that goes through this house is the buyer. And God... I want them to give us the most anybody has ever sold their house for on this entire street of all these condos. I want the most. Yes. I looked at her and I said, you crazy woman. <laughs> Guess what? For two and a half months, nobody went through our house. Nobody. We had regular traffic. She prayed that prayer. We had no traffic. Finally, a woman came through one day and she came through our house. And she leaves. And five minutes later, another couple came through our house, and the two of them got in a bidding war. And guess which one bought it? The first one. Yes, she gave us, y'all ready for this? $1,000 more than any other house on the street had ever sold for. Now, faith, it's faith. It's faith. She had faith. Healing, what's that? Supernatural manifestation of God's healing. Listen, guys, I'll pray for you. I prayed for a lady yesterday in Aldi's. 
I am not afraid to pray for anybody anywhere to get healed, saved, delivered. I don't care where. But I may lay hands on you and pray for you 5,000 times and nothing happened. But when that supernatural power of faith shows up, one day I'm walking out of a lady's room. She had, uh, you've heard this story, you'll hear it again. Her name's Sherry Root. She still comes around, hangs around occasionally. She lives in Iowa. But she had staph infection. They were going to cut her leg off the next day. It was shattered. There were like 40 pieces of this leg. They couldn't piece it back together. And the staph infection was so bad, they were going to cut her leg off the next day. I am walking out of the room, and I'm like, oh, I forgot to pray for you. I reached down, touched her toe, and said, in the name of Jesus, leg be well. I walked out, and by the time they got to her the next day, staph infection was gone. And she's still walking around on a leg piece back together. I don't have that power. How about this one? Miracles. Divine impartation of faith to believe God for supernatural power. Sean May stood up in, in between the old building here when we were about to build this building. Blow your mind for a second. We built this $4.5 million building. <clears throat> We built it with $700,000 cash and $2.2 million worth of loan. Do your math. We didn't have the money. We're standing up there one day, and Sean May says, I'm praying for God to give us a miracle, a miracle of a million dollars. And I want you to know, we built this place a million too short because a million dollars came from an anonymous donor. We still don't know who the donor is. Gave us a million dollars to build this place. You're sitting in a miracle whether you like it or not. Whether you say there ain't no God that does anything or not. It, well, <laughs> on you because you're sitting here in a miracle. Right. Sorry, attitude. I, I do that with love because I like having fun. That was in fun. That's not me being a jerk to you. I'm having fun. Because you're sitting in a miracle. And it wasn't even me. It was Sean May. It's his fault. Prophecy, the ability to foretell or declare a word of exhortation, proclamation. Do you know, do you know the, before the 2008 crash? Do you all remember the crash in the stock market 2008? Anybody remember that before that? We had literally for like, I think it was almost four months before that. If not every week, it was every other week. We had a prophecy telling us that we needed to get our financial house in order because a crash was coming. Prophecy, beyond their knowledge. Uh, discerning of spirits. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of land the plane with this one, all right? Y'all ready? Discerning of spirits. I'll talk about the other two in just a second, but let's just do discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits, there are three sources from which anything that looks to be spiritual might come from. So if you go to, if you go to a psychic or a tarot card reader, and, they're, and they get anything right? Did you know, did you hear about the tarot card readers convention that was canceled due to unforeseen circumstances? <laughs> it's a joke, everybody. I'm having fun. Uh, but there are three possible sources. You know, Satan can tell you things that look real with an attempt of deceiving you and leading you into something wrong. Those of you that do astrology, what are you, stupid? No, seriously. What are you, stupid? Why not talk to the God of the universe rather than look at the stars of the universe? Come on, can we go back to this again? But Satan is a liar. And if he gets a fact partially correct, he will put enough lie in there to destroy you. So Satan is a source of spiritual things. Secondly of all, they're yourself. You know, there are prophecies that come out of self. They come out of your tendency to see and observe facts and want to do something about it. And sometimes it's just you. Now, I've been a pastor a long time. And I've seen people give messages in tongues, which is going to be the next one, tongues and interpretation. of. I've seen people give messages in tongues thinking they were being used by the power of the Spirit, but instead it was just coming out of their excitement and their worship, which is why we have this gift called the discerning of spirits. Because there is a third source, and that is the Holy Spirit. And with the discerning of spirits, what you do is this. 1 Corinthians 14 says, don't, don't treat these gifts 
Don't, don't despise them because somebody got caught up doing it themselves or Satan faked it. What you do is you judge. And by the way, I have no problem with any gift or manifestation of the Spirit in this church. You be used of any gift. This is the testing ground where you to try to grow, to learn. If you think you've got a gift, you think you've got a prophecy, a tongue interpretation, I offer freely. This is a space where it can be used freely. I will tell you, we will judge it. Why will we judge it? Well, because 1, Corinthians, or 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. We don't want to stop people. This is a safe place to learn to do things. You don't, you don't discipline a kid when they're learning to walk if they fall down. You pick them back up and show them the way to walk. So you don't put out the Spirit's fire. We do not treat these spiritual gifts with contempt. But we do something. What do we do? Test everything. We hold on to the good and we avoid every kind of evil. Now, my wife made a turkey the other day. Oh, my goodness. That was the juiciest turkey I've ever eaten in my life. And she gave me the leg, this turkey leg. I'm telling you, that dark meat, it was falling off the bone, sweet. Oh, it was delicious. And I'm like chawing on this. And I ate the entire bone. No, I didn't. I didn't eat the bone. I didn't eat that little hard, gristly thing. Why didn't I eat those? Because I'm adult enough to know you eat the meat, you spit out the... You spit out the bones. What do you do with spiritual gifts? Test everything, eat the meat, get rid of the... Can we be mature? All right. One more. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Two or three prophets should speak. This is how church is supposed to be done. Not just one talking head saying everything. You know what? You have no idea how frustrated I am with our lack of maturity in the church. Sorry. That came out. That was anger. I don't normally get angry, but that was anger. You're so caught up in all your garbage, you're not developing your spiritual giftedness. And it frustrates the living daylights out of me because I can't build the kingdom of God. You have to. And I'm a little ticked. I'm tired of watching you destroy your life on porn and another TikTok rather than developing a prayer life and becoming a man or woman of God. Right. Why am I teaching this? Because I want you to grow. Here, here we go. You ready? Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Who's to weigh carefully? One guy? No, all of us. Come on. There are positions, there are things in power, in place, for us to allow the use and the gifts of the manifestation of the Spirit. And if you get out of alignment, somebody is going to help you get back into alignment. This is a safe place. Grow, learn, become. Do, do y'all hear my heart? God's got more for you than you find in your petty little world. And then there's tongues and interpretation of tongues. And by the way, I've heard several. Th this week I heard two different people approach me this week. You know what they told me both times? They told me that my life was changed because God spoke to me through a tongue and interpretation at this church. Because there's power in it. But we're going to conclude by this recognition. Y'all ready? Come on, band. How useful is this gun right now? It's got a safety on it. I'll click the safety and I'll pull the trigger. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Nothing happened. You know why? You know why? It's not connected to the power. There are spiritual gifts that God wants to use in you and through you, but you cannot operate in those gifts unless you are connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason we're doing this sermon series. That's the reason I'm teaching the way I am. I want to invite you that whatever preoccupation or pre-identity you have of what Pentecostal theology or Christianity looks like, I want you to drop it. And I want you to simply listen to what 
the scriptures have to say and what the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. Okay? We're going to do it this way. During worship, first service, I'm standing here. I'm like, do y'all, y'all ever get a bad attitude? Come on. Anybody ever get a bad attitude? There's this side of me that almost beat the living daylights out of some guy the other day. I'm serious. It was bad. Sinful me. I'm like, he said, what, are you, you wanting to fight? And I said, yes, please, throw a punch. I was there. Because there's a sinful part of me. And then there's this part of me. Last night I'm listening to a guy and he's 80 years old and he's preaching. He's talking about the, the faith that's come down out of him and spread around the world. And my heart's alive. I'm like, yes, God, I want to leave that kind of legacy behind until some guy makes me mad. And then I want to break the legacy by breaking him in half. Nobody else has that issue, right? Oh, you do, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for identifying with me, bud. I appreciate it. Me and you, we've talked about this. We have this two dimensions. So you know what I do every day? It's something that I would encourage you to do. You ready? Everybody take your hands. If you want to do this, you can do it. All right, take your hands right now. Right now, I'm all full of me. You know what I got to do? Me and all my problems. What I got to do? I take those hands and I just turn them over. And I get off there, you know? Y'all ready? Father God, I have emptied my hands. I, I am not, I can't do this. I can't walk with you. I can't love with you all my own. I am, a, I am a guy that I tend towards wrong. Please forgive me. Please heal me. Please bring me into relationship with you. Please help me to want the good stuff. God, I let go of it right now. That's why my hands are like this. I just let go of it now. And then I do this. Everybody take your hands and flip them up like this. And I pray this prayer. Y'all want to pray it with me? Holy Spirit, please fill me today and help me build your kingdom. Some of me still stuck. Hey God, get rid of that pride, that arrogance, that selfishness. Get rid of it right now. In the name of Jesus, I release it. Come on, say it with me again. Turn your hands up. Holy Spirit, Please fill me today and use me to build your kingdom. Won't you guys join me with that prayer on a regular basis? Why don't we do that? Why don't we make this our lifestyle? Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Click me in, God. There's some power tools I need to use, some things I need to do for your kingdom. Power me up in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now over every person in this room that their hearts would be turned to you and that we would let go of our sin and we would commit ourselves to follow you and to serve you and to grow with you and to build your kingdom, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week this week. See you on Sunday.